In this episode, Ken Schumann and a group of faith walkers reflect on the wind and the waves. Jesus is asking, don't you understand who I am? The focus scripture is from Mark 4.35. This conversation was recorded in October of 2023. Our mission is to make all this possible for individuals, communities, and the world. To learn more about faith walking, visit www.faithwalking.com. Join the conversation. We are continuing our our study through the book of Mark. And uh Sarah Jeannie, since you're you're new today, what we're doing is we're we're walking our way through the book of Mark, the gospel of Mark, and we're doing Bible study, but I'm also trying to highlight faith walking principles that connect to the story from a biblical perspective. Uh, so today uh, we're at the end of chapter four in Mark, and uh, and we begin in uh, in about verse thirty five, I believe. And so let me just read the story. I'm going to read it out of the uh, the, the uh, voice translation. So that same evening, Jesus suggested that they cross over to the other side of the lake. Now, first of all, I don't know about you, but when I think of a lake, okay, it's going to take me 15 minutes to get across the lake, or maybe 20. The, the Sea of Galilee is the Lake of Galilee is really big, and it, it's going to take them longer than that. So they're crossing the Sea of Galilee, and with Jesus already in the boat, they left the crowd behind, and they set sail along with a few other boats that followed. As they sailed, a storm quickly formed on the lake, and the winds whipped up huge waves that broke over the bow, filling the boat with so much water that even the experienced sailors among them were sure that they were going to sink. Jesus was back in the stern of the boat, sound asleep on a cushion, when the disciples shook him awake. Jesus, Master, don't you care that we're all going to die? Can you hear the anxiety in that? <laughs> he got up, he shouted words into the wind, and he commanded the waves, that's enough, be still. And immediately the wind died down to nothing. The waves stopped and the surface of the sea was as smooth as a sheet of glass. And Jesus then said to the disciples, how can you be so afraid? After all you've seen, where is your faith? The disciples were still afraid, looking about them in every direction, slowly coming to grips with what they had seen. And they began to ask themselves, who is this guy? How can it be that he has power over the wind and the waves? So an interesting story that for me, uh, well, what does that mean then? How do we have faith? What's our faith in? Uh, what's our faith about? Those are all questions that come up for me. But I love the story. So so notice, notice the self-care 
that Jesus gives himself. He gets in the boat. He's been discipling people all day. He preached messages there for all the people on the side of the, the lake. And then he says, let's go to the other side. And he gets in the boat. And the first thing Jesus does is goes and lays down, takes a nap. Is it okay for Jesus to take a nap? Well, of course it is. Is it okay for you to take a nap? Yeah, it is. Is self-care important? Yeah, it is. Self-care is really important, and Jesus modeled that. Jesus is resting and is totally at peace and unafraid when the storm blows up. And he seems to be completely oblivious to the dilemma and the trouble. So Jesus must have been really sleeping deeply, right? The wind's howling. The waves are washing up over the side of the boat. The disciples are, 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 are anxious as they can be, and Jesus is asleep. Um, so here was a thought I had, and I've just got some really random thoughts today. But, but the first thought I have is, do our, I wonder if our prayers wake Jesus up, because they had to wake him up. I wonder if our prayers wake Jesus up. Just an interesting question. The disciples were full of anxiety. They were panicking. They were reacting out of anxiety ra rather than out of their best thinking. And here's what's fascinating. They were so anxious that they rebuked Jesus. Do, do you see that? How in the world, Jesus, can you be asleep? We're, we're about to die here. I mean, can you, I, mean, I can hear it. I can hear it in their voices. And they, they rebuke Jesus. And just the idea, our anxiety causes us to do all sorts of things that are out of, out of character, right? I mean, they knew better than to rebuke the teacher. Uh, it, here's, here's an interesting thought also, group. And we, we talk a lot in faith walking about managing our anxiety. And we talk a lot about imagined threats that aren't really real. Well, this threat was real. The boat was filling up with water. The boat could have sunk. They could have died. It was a real threat. And, and so we still are called upon to manage our anxiety when the threat is real. Maybe my job is on the line, or, or maybe, you know, my health is on the line, or my safety is on the line. It's a real threat. Well, the skills, the practices, I think, still are called upon in that. Uh, another thing that, that I think is really important is, and so I was just in a conversation with, uh, with Faith Walking Facilitators. And, and we were talking and sharing stories. And one of the stories that got shared was a story about a person that is facing a real threat. This person is an immigrant and, and doesn't have, isn't a U.S. citizen. And so there's all sorts of threats related to immigrants these days. And, and so here, here was the question. So how do we show up with people who are experiencing real threats? that we may not be experiencing 
How do we show up with people experiencing real threats and not diminish their anxiety, not put it off? How do we not diminish real threats and people's real th real pain? I think to have empathy and compassion, to show up and love well, we, we have to find a way to do that, to not diminish the pain of others and what they're experiencing, especially if they're experiencing a real threat and we're not experiencing a real threat, which leads me to, to the surprise of, of this of this passage of scripture. Here's the thing that surprises me most from it. Why did Jesus rebuke them? Well, because they lack faith. Well, yeah, in our sternness, we can say that, but I guarantee you, I can put myself in their shoes. I'd have been panicking and I, I would have been anxious because there was a real threat in front of them. And, and it's almost like Jesus diminishes their, their anxiety. Uh, or, the, or, the, or the cause for it. So that surprises me. So it's interesting. They rebuke Jesus. He wakes up, and Jesus rebukes the wind and the rain. And it stops. And then he rebukes the disciples for ha not having enough faith. With all the stuff going on in our world, with what's going on between Palestine and Israel, with what's going on uh, in Maine uh, with this shooting, with what's going on politically in, in the U.S. right now, uh, with just so many things. Here, here's what I want to tell you. I want Jesus to wake up and rebuke the storm. Don't you? Don't you just want, Jesus, would you please wake up and just stop this nonsense? And I wonder sometimes why he doesn't. Here's what I believe. So I, I have faith that God can do anything God chooses to do because God is God. But I also believe that God, there, there, there are, are a whole lot of times when God chooses not to save people from harm. Even good Christian, God-fearing people. God doesn't save them. And, and, and so that whole issue of why does God allow evil in the world comes up again. Why in the world does God allow evil? I don't get it, and I don't know. And, and it's a tension I live with as I read this, this story. And then I ask myself, so what's the, real, what's the point of the story? Why is it included in the gospel? Well, it, the point is to have more faith. Is that really the point? I'm not sure that's the point. I'm not sure I know what the point is. But maybe the point is to, to show the disciples and us that even as Jesus was in his humanity, uh, he was God in the flesh. He rebuked the wind. I mean, even the best faith healer can't rebuke the wind. And yet Jesus did. And maybe Jesus' rebuke of the disciples was not for, because they were afraid that they were going to die. Maybe the rebuke or, and the thing he was calling out from them was, you've been with me this long and you still don't understand who I am. I don't know. Maybe the point of the story is evidence of the deity of Christ.
in the midst of his humanity. Here's what I know. We all have a survival instinct, and that instinct is really strong. And the only life we know for sure is the, is the life in the here and now. We trust that scripture is true and that there's a, a life after this life. But we still have fear. So how do we live our lives aligned with the way of Jesus? How do we live our lives as people of love and faith, even in the midst of things that sometimes don't make sense? And moments where we have big questions that remain unanswered. Uh, I think that's part of this story. I don't know why. So I think that's all I've got to say about it. A hodgepodge of things. So does any of that stir up anything for you? And if so, what does it stir up? Questions, thoughts, comments? Well, I, I know you live close to where I live, and we had a tornado warning last night. And normally storms don't bother me, but I freaked. <laughs> I became anxious immediately because I just had total hip replacement. My first thought was, if we get blown, what's going to happen to my hip? <laughs> what's I can't run. I can't hide. I instantly panicked and mm -hmm. actually caught myself hyperventilating. And my husband's like, what, what are you going to do? What can we do? <laughs> we've got, we've literally got 13 minutes to prepare for this so-called tornado that might be coming through here. There's nothing you can do. And I literally stood there in my kitchen on my walker. And I was like, you're right. There isn't anything we can do. So I, I you know, it's just, it, it's accepting the out of control, accepting and letting go of having control in circumstances. Mm -hmm. And, you know, instead of going, oh, well, this, this, and this could happen. I mean, I'm, I'm having to learn to let go of a lot of things. And, yeah. you know, more than just storms. And so it's metaphorically, but it's, it, I really think mm -hmm. that's what this is about. You have to let go yeah, and just accept what is about to happen or not, mm. may not happen. And is, Brenda, I have a suggestion so, though. Yes. Get a big seatbelt for your easy chair so that you can just stay in that baby <laughs> and ride it out wherever that, and you'll land in that big easy chair and you'll be fine. <laughs> my surgeon told me last Thursday because I was supposed to go to my son's wedding this Saturday. I can't go now because they picked a venue with two flights of stairs and they were trying to show me in therapy just this past Thursday, how to go upstairs. And um, I ended up pulling a, a really severe area, a muscle that left me in a lot of pain. But the thing is where I was going with this, you yeah, were talking about strap. I'm Yes, no, 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 I had a point. You're talking about strapping into something. <laughs> strapping <laughs> uh, out of your easy chair. My easy chair. Um, the getting fear blown of, away. Yeah, getting blown away. The 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 fear of falling, the fear of injury mm -hmm. is, is, you know, or being impacted by something seems sure. so much stronger than going through and trying to do something. But, well, needless to say, I've completely forgotten what I was about to get to. But again, it comes back to the point of letting go. And accepting the circumstance. There you go. Good. Thank you, Brenda. I wonder how much of it is to do with we want everything to be worked out just so. Mm -hmm. um, for ex I mean, even in scripture, I'm sure the disciples may have wondered, well, why did God do such and such? Let me let me unpack that. He sends an angel 
uh, to Peter. He get he's in the cell. He gets his dig in the ribs. Get up and then he leave. He says, "Okay, go to the next street. The gates open." James, John's brother, is executed. Yeah. Why? Right. You know, I mean, there's all sorts of potential reasons. You know, that sort of thing. But there's that mystery, and I'm just, I'm just wondering if it's a case of um, having to do our best to live within twenty, within a twenty-four hour day. Uh, and uh, okay, this is you know like what Jesus is sufficient unto the day. I think sometimes in the past that would from certainly for myself it would be what if, what if. Right, and we're 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 perhaps bringing unnecessary things into our mind, um, and 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 our subsequently our families. I've got a little thing that I've picked up here while we were talking. It's from the some something called the Gospel um, Coalition. It's just a statement that somebody said, and I think it's quite pertinent. It says this. He puts his children in precarious positions on purpose. He doesn't do this to destroy our faith. He does it to strengthen it. And once he's helped us step across the threshold of our straining circumstances, we will see him as the wise and trustworthy redeemer he is. He designs his way through the sea so that his children will look back on their lives and forever see that his ways are faithful and that his ways are good and his love is faithful. Trust him today, child of God. Follow his ways, even when he leads it through you to even when he leads you through the sea. Some of you may have heard of Smith Wigglesworth, um, oh. a man of faith healer. And one of his sons, Harold, used to accompany him to all his meetings. Harold was never healed. He had a debilitating illness. And we don't, you know, why is it that God delivered people in 9-11? Mm -hmm. Others die. Yeah. I've been reading a book recently about some people that were in a very precarious situation in, an, in Africa, in a particular country. And uh, the guy, one of them seemed very unperturbed by what was happening. And the, the fellow worker said, why, why are you so calm? Why are you so calm? And he just said, and it was a bit like an Elijah moment, opened their eyes and they saw these like heavenly beings, you know, facing out. Uh, I mean, that's just what, just what I'd read. And why is it that others are not delivered? Mm -hmm. And there's this, this mystery and all were, I think really, all the certainty of what we're called to do is be faithful. Mm -hmm. um, and, you know, put one foot in front of the other, you know. And as you say, even after so many years, they were still saying, who is this person? Yeah. <laughs> there was still that mm -hmm. discovery that they were doing or having to, re you know, who is, who is he? Yeah, we've, we've seen him heal the sick. We've seen, but, who is he? Yeah. Yeah. Good. Thank you, John. You know, I think of uh, 
we just actually had this this text in our small group the other day where we just mm -hmm. we read we read sections of text and we ask just two questions what does this tell us about god what does this tell about people yeah and that's all we pretty much talk about and it, it had some really great insight and things i had never saw before and, and whatnot and things that probably aren't even there that we somehow mm. stumbled upon but um one of the things as, as i was thinking is as different filters that i have um there's different parts of the story that become more important so a more charismatic filter we love the rebuking the storm and you know mm -hmm. other filters love the deity part and um but i had a guy visit our church the other day from uganda and we talked about the lord's prayer and the idea of, of bread and how we spiritualize that and i go there's mm -hmm. people around the world that they actually pray this prayer give yeah. us our daily bread and, and he grabbed me after the service and he really thanked me for that because he's like back home we pray that prayer to, to survive and i just wonder as I read this and as I listen to you, if there's more just human natural things going on. Um, I, I, I had a quick story with a guy who we were out on this long canoe trip and he fell over in the storm and the water and we had to kind of take him out of the water and I had to, and you can debate whether this is right or wrong, um, but before we would assist him in the water, I at paddle, in hand explained to him forcefully that if he starts to panic and grab our boat that i will hit him with this paddle mm -hmm. and stop him mm -hmm. from from his and so one of the conversations we had in our group was this idea of fusion mm -hmm. the they were trying to pull jesus into their anxiety state and i think that that's what jesus is doing he stopped he's saying this is the line i don't jump into your into your fusion thing and then the next story after this is the demoniac and the community comes out and they're fused. They're full of fear. And Jesus again says, I don't, I'm not jumping it. And I, I just, I wonder if there's some, some literal play going on there where there's these two stories. There's a community, one community is full of anxiety. Jesus says, I'm not in your anxiety, even to the point where I will rebuke you or, or, or like a lifeguard who, I mean, lifeguards are trained to abuse right. their victims if they need to if that's what they need you know which is a right. whole you know abuse may be a wrong word but anyway mm -hmm. so that's what i'm thinking i go i wonder if this is more natural mm -hmm. this is more him saying look i don't i'm not going to get fused and in a storm and in chaos it's it, it comes off a little rougher than oh excuse me i'm gonna go my separate way you know i just i just wonder if there's a little bit of that just like yeah they needed some course correction um yeah Right. And, 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 and then the other part that I really see to leave is we, as people, we are afraid of power, hmm. whether it's a storm, whether it's the guy who stops the storm, power just scares us. And I think of this, this recent experience we've had here and, and you know, yeah, we're afraid of power hmm. and, uh, and it makes us anxious whether it's on our side or not so that's that's kind of where i'm stirring i don't, I don't understand that one quite yet but it's like yeah. there's something there we're afraid of power i love what you said about the drawing somebody in that fusion because it's true even in relationships when somebody becomes anxious or or uh they they make something a sense of urgency 
you know, they, it's, it's like, what is that? There's a, a saying that says your emergency doesn't make mine or your absence or forgetful doesn't make that my emergency, you know, and because it, it all it in, in the whole drowning thing, that's what that's about stopping, you know, you know, you have to forcefully stop this person from panicking, even if it means letting go so that you don't drown right along with them. It's that control issue, letting go. Mm -hmm. I just looked up and I have a prayer on my, on my wall. It's um, right behind the computer that says, Lord, help me to be so anchored in you. The crises around me do not create crises within me. Mm. And I think there's some of that here. Mm -hmm. Um, know to separate that mm -hmm. well i feel that too uh, you know that if we allow ourselves to become anxious then we're not really able to help the other person because you know then we're all caught up in it too and i had that experience on monday i went with my adult son to see his therapist and something awful happened and he was just totally blown away and you know, if I had allowed myself to get that upset too, I would not have been able to help him. And, mm -hmm. and, and yeah, yeah, we, we can't allow ourselves to get sucked into other people's anxiety because then, well, yes, we're being really empathetic and really feeling with them, but we're kind of helpless too because then we're just overwhelmed by the emotions going on. So, um, so yeah, yeah, I agree with that too. Thank you, Jerry. And wouldn't it be nice if this were simple? It would. That's, it would. that's what I'd like today. Yeah. I, you know, I mean, one of the things that I, that I deeply believe and I try to live into, and sometimes I do it okay and sometimes I don't. But so, so from kind of a thousand foot view, I believe that we are, we are, at the end of what is being described as the modern era of time, which is about mm -hmm. the last 500 years of the modern era. And one of the characteristics of the modern era that, that we all have been influenced by is our need for certainty. And, and we need, we need, okay, make it straight and clear, make it, okay, I need to be certain this, no, this is what this verse of scripture means. I think we're moving into whatever the next period is, and I think one of the one of the characteristics of whatever is next and is is a growing embracing of the mystery. Somebody mentioned mystery, uh, the ambiguity, the that it doesn't all have to resolve. Who knows? Who knows? <laughs> you know, who knows what the meaning of the story is? You know, I, I even wrote down this as I was thinking about the meaning of the story. What if there isn't a meaning? What what if the story was just written because it was a powerful story? Okay. Yeah, maybe. Yeah. So I, I just want to highlight the idea that our need for certainty makes us anxious. And then we overfunction and try to put God in a box. So that we can be certain about our belief about God. Well, what if maybe we've come full circle? Maybe a meaning we could draw from the story is to embrace the mystery. We don't we don't understand why God protects one person and doesn't protect another person. 
why one person gets let out of prison and the other one doesn't get let out of prison and dies. We we don't understand that. Um, and that's part of the mystery. Um, I just wonder. I wonder. I'm reading that in Palmer's book right now about wholeness and, and a few other authors. They're talking about, we are, we're hitting that age of mystery. And some people call it mystical or uh, a whole different type of religion, but it's not. It is a mystery. And we are never going to have the answers 100% to, any, to everything uh, from here until eternity hap happens for us. Right. So well, we have and, to be comfortable with it. <laughs> and I think it's important to recognize our need for certainty is because of our anxiety. Definitely. John? Um, I just find that last statement you were talking, you mentioned there, Ken, uh, quite, in, you know, very intriguing. Um, I was at a seminar last weekend uh, concerning, um, some teaching on, um, on from some Christian teachers um, on Islam and some, some, some uh, different concepts and things like that. And uh, this guy is, a, is an educationalist and he's a specialist in the field. And one of the things that he was saying was that the way that Western education is geared is you have your question and you give the answer, you map out your answer, da, 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 full stop, that's the answer. Mm -hmm. But in actual fact, Often in the East, it's a, there's much more mystery, finding the path, you know, they talk about, you know, finding the straight path, you know, Jesus being the straight path. But, but it's not just that this is it, but there's actually more. Uh, and then when you found more, well, there's actually more. Mm -hmm. uh, and. I'm going, I'm going out on a limb here. I'm just trying to think of my feet here, but I'm 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 noted like I think say like in, in Daniel, where he's he's got the vision. He says, "I saw, as I looked, as I continued to look." And there's this there's mm -hmm. this sense of going further. And then I think is it in Revelation, it said that John it was it uh, the voice said, "Come up higher." And there's all there's all there's always. It seems to me anyway that there's this invitation to go deeper, whereas mm -hmm. um, in the West, uh, Western thinking, in, in my current understanding is, well, I've got the explanation, full stop, that's it. Mm -hmm. I'll move on to the next thing. Right, right. And once, I ha and once I have all the next things all categorized in my boxes, then, then, I, then I'm not going anywhere. I've got yeah. it. And I believe, John, that that's one of the things that's holding Christianity at bay today mm. is because mm. we have stopped our journey. We've mm. quit exploring. We've quit mm. embracing the mystery. Yep. We've quit being open to the fact that God is still alive and God is still at work. And, and there's, there's, there's more to the, to the path than we've come down, but we've stopped right here. Oh, oh I've got all this. I, I, I got it down. I know what the Bible's about. I know what it means. I know what salvation is, blah, 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 blah. All right. We're about out of time. I always, uh, any of you quiet folks need to say something before we go? Can I say one thing? You um, may. I'm, I'm one of the quiet folks, but I was just thinking when you said, we're uncomfortable with the idea of uncertainty that just like really resonated with me because I was thinking how like original sin is real is is that 
right? We're like, we couldn't take not knowing, like we can't stand having the mystery. Like we want to know everything. And then we've just continued to do it. <laughs> I think that's why people stop in their journey too, because we're so uncomfortable with not knowing. So if we get to a place that we can say, okay, I know enough because if I keep going, I'm going to run into things that I can't answer. And then that's uncomfortable. So it's like, okay, I'm good enough. Yeah. I know I'm super uncomfortable with uncertainty about anything. Makes me very anxious. You're muted, Ken. Laura, I'm sorry I missed that. I had to take a phone call that I thought was a, a doctor returning my call. For more information about faith walking, visit www.faithwalking.com. We want to remind you that faith walking exists because of your financial support. Please consider donating today at faithwalking.com. Visit our site for more workshops and courses available online. Thank you for listening. Thank you.